Well, hello, friends, and welcome to this week's podcast here at St. Andrew's Community Church. We are a global Methodist congregation with a mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ, and we have found that the podcast is a helpful way of uh, us accomplishing our mission. Since some people choose to worship online, we're hoping to help provide some online discipleship through this. And as you can tell, a little bit different today, Josh and Bonnie are taking a vacation. I have uh, accused him of lollygagging, and I hope that they are truly doing some serious lollygagging. And so uh, sitting in on the podcast this week, our uh, director of college and youth associate, Paige Lerman. Paige, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Okay, you got to give more than that. When when, uh, when I give you this stuff, you you got to bring a little more to the table and just pretty good. One two word answers don't work. It's really nice to have <laughs> a, a week that's more relaxed with. Yeah, you didn't have to have Bible study last night. Didn't have to have Bible study. Didn't have to teach yesterday morning or tomorrow. Oh, morning that's right. Because Mid America's on. Uh, they get Thanksgiving week off. Yeah. So what are your plans for Thanksgiving? I am going to head back to Texas to have Thanksgiving with my family and we're going to we've got some family that normally comes but they're going out of town to see the other side of their family and so we're probably just gonna hang out maybe go out to eat instead of cook but you know I once upon a time I would have thought that was like the sign the Antichrist was available (laughs) but honestly the older I get I can understand the necessity of you know, let somebody else do the cleaning and the cooking, and mm-hmm. we'll gladly you know, reimburse them for that. And Yeah. So, uh, but when you do that, you don't get, like, the traditional family food item that you have to have. Mm-hmm. And I asked you this a while ago, but everybody else is going to want to know now. Okay. What, what is your food item that you have to have for Thanksgiving? I really love my grandmother's meatballs. Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember the exact recipe. I, I got asked if it was the jelly meatballs, and I had no idea what that was. And like I was, with grape jelly? Yes, with grape jelly I've and heard ketchup. Of this. I have never heard of that. <laughs> and so when somebody asked me that, I was like, what on earth are you talking about? And then hearing the recipe, I mean, Peanut not, butter, trying to, not trying to judge a book by its cover, toast. but it does not sound <laughs> great. I'd be willing to try it, but... I, I don't know. I'm skeptical. So, so is it one of those things that you ate, and then you go, what's in this? Before, you know, or was it? They told you what was in it. And you're like, you want me to eat that? No, I've never had them before. Oh, you've but never. But people asked me if that's what I was talking about. Okay. And I was like, no. And so it's not the jelly meatballs. Okay. She prepares it with. I think it's. She told me the recipe one time. I think it's. Um, she's got Beef, barbecue I would sauce guess. meatballs. Yeah, yeah, usually she gets like the pre-made meatballs. Okay. And the pre-seasoned meatballs, and then she gets like I think it's barbecue sauce, ketchup. I think maple syrup is in there, Sounds and then good. she gets a thing of um, pineapples. Okay. And I don't eat the pineapples, but it does add a, a nice sweetness to it with the maple syrup. And then I think there's some other spices in there that I just can't remember. But oh, now what, what people can't see off camera is that your mother's here today. So I'm <laughs> gonna, mom, did she get it right? She did. Okay, very good, very good. She got it right. Uh, and also, before we go any farther, want to introduce the man that makes all this happen, our uh, studio engineer Jeff. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Okay, I, I've got. Uh, kind of a random thing for you guys though a random what a oh. random thing okay all right so i know we're talking about hard because i was going to ask yeah. you what your traditional food item was I'll, I'll get to that okay wonderful um 
However, I don't think Paige knows what this thing is, but this kind of threw me off guard, kind of like I'm throwing you off guard right, right like now. Like a CD? I know exactly what that is. Is that a phone book? It is a phone book. Do you know yeah. what kind of phone book? What kind? It's not just a phone book. It is a specific kind of phone book. Oh, well, is it for... Let me give you a hint. Yeah. What color are the pages? Oh, the yellow pages. Yeah. 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 But this isn't the yellow pages. Look how thin this thing is. I was going to yeah, say, I've for seen, yellow pages, that's really I've pretty small. these are like this big. Yes. So that kind of threw me off this week when I found this thing on my porch. One... I can't believe this thing still exists. Yeah. But two, this isn't the real <laughs> yellow pages. Because so, it's so thin. So what kind of yellow pages is, would it be? I mean, it says it's the real yellow pages, okay. but I don't know. It's not what it used to be. It's not what it used to be. All it's right. growing the times. So your so, traditional Thanksgiving food? Uh, so I loved deviled eggs. And, oh, yeah. I have um, a witness. My uh, niece uh, suckered me this year again and said, hey, I'm your favorite niece is texting you and I want you to make <laughs> your famous deviled eggs. So I got suckered and I'm making, you know, three dozen deviled eggs this year. So Three dozen? Three, three dozen. dozen. So I do Ooh. two dozen of regular Dang. and I do one dozen of buffalo style. Okay. I was going to ask if you had like a okay. spicy... With Tabasco or something, but you do buffalo. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. That sounds very good to me. Nice. Well, uh, before we go any further, also I want to introduce uh, this week's bobblehead. Josh and I talked last week. This is Eli the Eagle from my alma mater, Earl Roberts University. And usually there's a significant reason we have a particular bobblehead. I have absolutely no idea why we picked Eli the Eagle this week. So we won't uh, worry about that anymore, but let's dive in. Uh Coming down to the end of the Apostles' Creed series, last Sunday Josh preached on the forgiveness of sins. I thought he did a great job preaching. Uh, so the stuff I really ha want to discuss comes from Timothy Tennant's book. And um, I really appreciated how he said the Old Testament sacrifices. This is something I never considered, so that's probably why I liked it. He said Old Testament sacrifices were like promissory notes, um, that are later fulfilled in Jesus. Now, a promissory note obviously is a promise to pay back a loan. Had, had you heard this before? Is this new information for you? Or Well, so I read this book probably spring of 2021 when Josh was training me for leadership at the Wesley. Right. And so okay. he had us read this book. And at the time, I had never heard it before, but I thought that's a pretty good representation of what the Old Testament teaches. I had never thought of it before, but I thought it was very well written very well done and made a lot of sense to me so the the thing that jumped out at me again i think people always have the question in the church well what about all the people that were faithful to god yeah. before jesus comes and that idea that you know when we look at abraham abraham believed in god he believed mm -hmm. god's promise and therefore it was credited to him as, as righteousness. righteousness yeah uh and Okay, good. I believe that. We see that in the New Testament also. But then for him to write, and that promise is fulfilled in Jesus. And part of the reason I think this is important is because when we talk about our sin and we talk about uh, the brokenness, the sinful world we're born into, and our need then to profess faith in Christ and claim that gift of salvation, 
that Old Testament people couldn't do. It's like they they owed the debt, and Jesus pays it. Mm-hmm. We're born with the debt, but it's already been paid. Yeah, it, it's a really interesting kind of. Uh, Concept, and I'm I'm trying to look at my notes here because I wrote something about that. Well, I just said it's like a, a bank note. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a really hot muscle car. I'm sure people check it out all the time. Are, it, are you still paying for that car? No, it was a gift. It was given a gift to me from so, my grandparents. Your grandparents which that, that make the meatballs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was from my. Uh, grandmother and my grandfather. My grandfather's passed away okay. um, since, but yeah, it was a graduation gift, and I am incredibly grateful. Sure, for it. So, but but they had a loan probably, or I don't know, grandparents. They may have paid cash for it all. So do, uh, do you have any, do you have any debt money? Just started there. <laughs> you know, school loans, credit mm-hmm. card debt, and. and yeah, right now going to seminary, I like I, didn't, I haven't really like accumulated much debt with the seminary stuff, but I'm paying. I'm working to pay stuff off. So, so yeah, you understand the idea of owing debt and having to pay it off, and I think most of us do understand whether it's a mortgage or car payment or you know there's an emergency. I, we certainly don't want to recommend people going to credit card debt because that can be pretty insidious. But when that debt is paid off. Yeah. What a what a relief we have. And so Tenet goes on to say then that our response to God forgiving us is to forgive those that sin against us. And Josh really preached on that this past Sunday. So yeah. what what are some comments you would have on that? I, I again I had never thought of it the way Tenet writes it. So I, f- I find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely liked it. I I think it is um, really reassuring because we always think, I think of it kind of the same way that God first loved us, so we're free to love others, that forgiveness kind of works the same way. Because the reason that we're called or that we're able to love others is because God's love just pours abundantly into us. Mm -hmm. And then we overflow and can in turn give it back to him, but then also back Mm -hmm. to others. And so obviously God doesn't need our forgiveness, but the fact that like forgiveness and grace just overflows so abundantly in our life, then we in turn are able to abundantly forgive in our lives with our relationships with other people. And I mean, it does make sense because I know Tenet talks about the story of the man with like millions. Yeah, I mean, that's dead. obviously the first story that comes to mind, even if you don't read the book, or at least yeah. it's the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, where, you know, the guy has millions of dollars worth of debt and he gets thrown in prison and then the person. Yeah, he begs and pleads yeah. that, oh, so, you know, don't throw me in jail. I'm going to pay you back someday. Yeah, and then, you know, he gets free and then the guy who owed him just like the tiniest amount of debt he mistreats and like Mm -hmm. we see so clearly the unfairness of it where like clearly we have sinned against god far greater than anyone has ever sinned against us and so like it makes sense that if we you know beg and plead our case before god and that he's so willing to even like shed his own blood for us Mm -hmm. and then the person who gave us a dirty look or something (laughs) yeah cut us off in traffic or yeah yeah yeah, the road rage stuff or just anything or like even 
things that, you know, may seem a little bit more deeper, like, say, hurtful things about us or gossip behind us or even do even more detrimental things to our character or our person and things like that, there's still a much greater debt that we have with God mm-hmm. that he's forgiven. And so, of course, we should, in appreciation for the grace that we've received, be freely giving it to others because we know what it's like to be them. Right. But in a far greater extent. The, the way Tennant wrote it and the way that it made sense to me is, you know, because we have been forgiven, we should extend forgiveness to others. And, you know, again, this is just the simplest statement, but he said, because then we're more like him. And, and, yeah. and I think if you really talk to people about, you know, you know, you're following Christ, you know, what, what's something you'd want? I think a lot of people would say, well, I want to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean, oh, well, I want to walk on water? Does it yeah. mean uh, I'm, I want to wash feet? Usually not. Probably not. Uh, do I want to pray for people and they get well? I'm all in. Yeah. Do I want to forgive people? Ugh. That's a lot harder. It, 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 it's a little harder because we, we have that battle. Okay, I can forgive you in my mind and say I forgive you and I don't think ill of you. I don't want anything bad to happen. But in my heart... You know, there's a different issue. Christ is still doing a work yeah. to help us forgive people. And I think if we are not forgiving the way we've been forgiven, then we have to examine our hearts because at that point, perhaps we're holding and nurturing grudges mm-hmm. against people, which is certainly spiritually unhealthy, but can also, I think, lead to physical problems, you know, physical yeah. bad health. Yes. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was your lips moved. The, I could tell. I cut you off. No, you're good. The point where you said um, about when people say they want to be like Christ, mm-hmm. that they sometimes don't really mean like the forgiving part. But I do. I bet that there are some people who are like, well, I do want to forgive people, but they kind of want to. They want to feel like at ease about forgiving people. They're like, I wish it came easy to me to forgive people, and. God wants us to do these things, but he doesn't always just like give us abundant desire Mm -hmm. to be good. Like sometimes he like lets us try to step up on our own and try to forgive in spite of our feelings. And so I think a lot of people want to want to forgive, but they don't really have that abundant like, like they're like, I want to feel full of grace and kindness and compassion, but I just don't. And so it's harder for them to forgive, but sometimes God wants us to forgive in spite of our feelings and in spite of like our bitterness and our right, grudges. Right. I think that's part of the separation between the head and the heart. And the example I'm thinking of, and, and this won't happen, but just for the sake of people that are listening. And by the way, if you have questions, we always want to answer your questions more than we just want to have our conversation. But let's imagine... Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to do as faithful a job as you can here in ministry, and we're in an administrative uh, council meeting, you know, leadership of the church, and somehow in the midst of a conversation, I just kind of unload on you and say, Paige, I, I can't believe you're doing this. This is not who we are, and it, it's not like a one-on-one thing where I would talk to you because Josh is your supervisor, not mm-hmm. me, but all of a sudden you're like, he embarrassed me in front of the leaders of the church and and I can come in and I can say holy cow I am sorry I don't know 
what came over me. My phone is ringing. <laughs> uh, I don't know what came over me. I should not have done that. I'm going to, I publicly offended you. I will publicly apologize. You know, and if I say that right after the meeting, you may appreciate the fact that I realize I messed up, but emotionally, I can't let this go yet. You know, I've, I've got to figure out what to do. And I think that kind of leads to the third point that I wrote down about what Tennant writes is he said our capacity to receive forgiveness is somehow linked to our forgiving others. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think Josh did a good job preaching on that. But, you know, you, using that example, uh, you know, you, you get attacked, someone apologizes quickly, mm-hmm. but emotionally, ugh, you know. Yeah, there's still a lot to process. There, there is a lot to process. Okay, and Jeff just gave me the, I think we have a question signal. We so we interrupt do. her we answer do. to... <laughs> So Rebecca has a question. Uh, Rebecca, thanks for joining in with us this uh, afternoon. She asks, do you think if someone's wronged you and you choose to forgive them, that it is important to tell them, like maybe they don't even acknowledge that they've hurt you, is it important to tell them or just forgive them and move on? That, that, that's a great question. I, I have a, a couple of ways of thinking through this. Do you want to respond before I launch into my soliloquy? Um, I yeah, would how, just, how often I do just, you use the word soliloquy? Not that one very often. <laughs> um, I would say, like right off the top of my head, I think that it it does matter. Like obviously there are some circumstances where someone has wronged you and you are unable to like track them down or like – reach out to them in any way and so you're unable to tell them that they're forgiven but i would say even if they haven't acknowledged i mean i think it's important to not like confront them necessarily in like a a really aggressive kind of way but let them know like hey this hurt me that way they wake up to the fact that okay something wrong has occurred and then you can like you know say this is how i feel this is what happened I don't appreciate this this is why I think that it's wrong but then you can say but I do want you to know that I've forgiven you that way the person's able to perhaps understand what has happened Mm -hmm. so they can seek to apologize even if forgiveness has already been granted but then they can also think going forward okay now I'm going to make sure that I don't repeat that kind of behavior or at least the hope that they would move forward in that way and I would say another thing is even if they don't really come to an acknowledgement of wrongdoing with anything that you see i think if they deal with it later on in life and they realize later that they've done something wrong then knowing in advance that you have already forgiven them while they're wrestling with that reality is still something that's good and then i think maybe it probably is something good for your own heart to forgive others and to tell them that they've been forgiven because it's not just you trying to say, okay, well, I've forgiven them, so I move on. But you have to look that person in the eye, more, most likely, and say, I've forgiven you. So it has like a depth to it that otherwise wouldn't be had if you just said it in your heart and kind of mm-hmm. moved on. I, I think part of it depends on the relationship you have with the person. For example, if you know I'm at the store and somebody's just being a jerk to me, uh, I don't have an ongoing relationship with that person. In my heart, I can forgive them and just go on. That that does not yeah. need to be an obstacle. I don't need to track them down. If no. it's somebody I have a relationship with and they hurt me, then I think it's a little different. And 
when I first was in ministry doing premarital counseling, one of the things I always talk to people about is how do you handle conflict? Uh, conflict is inevitable. That's when we usually need to offer and receive forgiveness is in the midst of conflict. And one of the things I would do is I would give them a way to communicate that, uh, that I thought was helpful. The more I did it, the, the less helpful it seemed. But it would be a statement like, you know, when you do this, like, and you give an example, then I feel this way. Yeah. And, and, and at that point, it's like when, you know, when, when you're always, you know, being sarcastic about my feelings, like when I told you somebody hurt my feelings at work and you just say, well, hurt them back, you know, uh, I, I feel like you're not really listening to me and that hurts. Uh, that, that can lead to reconciliation. And in the midst of that, we have to remember what the goal is. The, uh, it, the goal is not forgiveness. The goal is reconciliation of relationship. Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes when I forgive someone, uh, that that needs to be communicated because you're you're the fact that forgiveness needs to be offered is damaging to the relationship. And so, the goal is to reconcile the relationship. Now, that also is going to depend on what the offense is. You know, if uh, Say my wife tells me, hey, will you empty the trash in the bathroom? And I say yes, and then I forget. You know, she's probably the next morning going to grab it and throw it in the trash, and she'll let me know, hey, you didn't do what you said you'd do. Mm-hmm. No big deal. If I do that week after week after week, and I'm a habitual making a promise that I don't fulfill, that suggests there's a deeper issue that needs to yeah. be involved with. So, uh, Rebecca, I hope that's helpful for you. If, if you're thinking of a specific example, uh, maybe a relationship that you have with someone and, and you want to come talk to that, we're certainly available to uh, visit with you about that and can do so in confidence. Uh, the thing I would say is uh, if we make an apology uh, and we want to, for, or if, if we're forgiving someone who's made an apology for us, we don't want to damage them in the midst of our apology. Uh, that that's something I've seen people do before is, well, I forgive you. And then they yeah. just trash us, but I forgive you. Uh, we, we don't want to do harm. We we're seeking reconciliation. So I hope, I hope that's helpful. I hope that makes sense. Well, can we shift gears? Sure. Because we always try to look ahead. Uh, we don't have any more questions, do we Jeff? Okay. Very good. So this week we're actually going to be concluding the the series uh maybe y'all are ready for this it's been a long series and so i tend to be ready for long series to end i have really enjoyed this series and i am really excited to to preach sunday on the last two lines i believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting so before i dive into anything that that tenant may have said what's your what's your thoughts on that if if somebody uh you you've dealt with people college students that uh don't have a grounding in faith. If they were to come up and ask you, what what do you mean you believe in the resurrection of the body? What's your reply? You oh, have a she, tough one. She's sitting up so, tall and lighting up. She's ready right. to go. So I guess if I had a college student that came to me and talked about that, I would kind of probably do a comparison between um, like the resurrections that Jesus did mm-hmm. and then the resurrection that he has because Lazarus died again. Right. And so it was like a resuscitation. Resuscitation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, which I think you've talked about this a few we did, times as well. Right. And, but Jesus came back to a body that 
never died again. And we see some details of some differences of this body. It's slightly unrecognizable to the disciples at first. Right. There, there's and, something different that sometimes when they seem, they didn't know that was Jesus. Yeah. In the John's gospel that's in there. And so they're, they're suggested there's something different, but still when they really looked at him, they recognized him. And so there's mm -hmm. something similar, but different. And so it's a body that I think is supposed to be maybe the bodies that God intended us to always have when we, when he wanted to have relationship with humanity mm -hmm. and he wanted us to have everlasting bodies and everlasting fellowship with him. I think that this is kind of like the glory that he imagined for us. And so it's a body that we receive that's different, but still very similar, but never dies. And I imagine has, you know, immunity to disease and illness and any kind of strife that befalls human bodies now. And it, it's capable of doing all of the grand things that God has intended mm -hmm. for us. And then, um, it's also a restoration because, uh, from what I've heard, the Old Testament suggests that we are supposed to be body and soul, whole beings. It's not just we have a soul, or yeah, we are a soul, soul and have a body. that lives in a shell of a body. Yeah. We are supposed to be united as one, and so we become fully human again, and in a glorious, restored, perfect way, in the creation that never decays, never dies, and we're able to be fully what God intended us to be. And then in doing so, we can also join Christ who mm -hmm. has that resurrected body and with our resurrection bodies that will never die, never decay, that we'll receive at the end of time. Right. Then we can join in him in the life everlasting that he has and have fellowship with him in a very intimate way because he still has his human body. So he's still fully human just as we are, but then we'll kind of have that similar glorious body and then we'll be able to join in him. Right, and, and I think it's important to note at this point, at, at this portion of the creed, when it says, I believe in the resurrection of the body, we're not talking about Jesus' resurrection because we've already covered yeah. that, you know, third day he rose from the dead. So, so we've already covered that part of it. This resurrection of the body has to do with the resurrection promised to us as humans. Mm -hmm. And one of the things Scripture does is it talks about death, and, and this is one of those places you have to kind of dig deeper in Scripture, when it talks about death, is it talking about someday we're all going to die? I, I was uh, in a career day at a junior high last mm -hmm. Friday, and <laughs> I said something, and I just got big. I thought, how do, how do y'all not know this? I said, you know, death rate's 100%. You're going <laughs> to die someday. And, I mean, it's like, you know, they're 11, 12 years old. They probably <laughs> haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it. I, I mean, get that. <laughs> but death rate is 100%. As far as this body. Yes. But scripture also talks about uh, a second death. Mm -hmm. And that is the last enemy that Christ defeats is death. Uh, that's in 1 Corinthians, if y'all want to look that up. Um, so when we die in this life, we will later in the resurrection get a new body that, like you said, it's not subject to sickness and decay. Um, you know, when you look in 
Revelation, the idea that, you know, in heaven there's there's no more crying, there's no tears. Mm-hmm. For the former it's, things have passed the away. The former things have passed away. And, and again, one of the things Tenet does that I really love, and he brings in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, and this is part of the liturgy we do whenever we're doing a, a funeral, you know, a service of death and resurrection, is um, those who have this hope purify themselves as he is pure. And the hope is that we shall be like him, mm-hmm. that Jesus has this resurrection of body. We too will experience resurrection and we will be like him, which again, going back to say, you know, do we really want to be like Jesus in forgiving people? Mm-hmm. Uh, someday our bodies will be more like him. So I'm, I'm watching the clock. We're kind of running out of time. Any closing thoughts, any good stuff you want to, Lay out for us um, tonight. If it, are, do, do the college students listen to this at all? They're more of a generation sure. of podcast people. I don't think they do because my mm-hmm. son's a college student. He's never said, hey, that was a great one today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, of course, maybe yeah. I haven't reached that status yet. I don't know. Any closing thoughts know. you have? Well, there was one thing I was thinking about forgiveness, and I think that the Christian understanding of forgiveness is probably the most beautiful, enriching, and honest understandings. Because I think, like, some people are real big on the shame, and that's all they'll ever see. And so people just become overwhelmed by the shame and all the guilt guilt, that they wear. And then on the other side, some people are like, well, we don't want people to feel bad, so we're not going to tell them that they've done anything wrong. But I think with the Christian understanding of forgiveness, we can really accept the depth of what we've done. But it, when we pair it with the overwhelming forgiveness of what Christ has done, we can truly have hope in the middle of that. We can wrestle with the reality that we've done something wrong because that way we're not running from it. It's not going to chase us down. We're not in denial to the point where we continue to hurt people because we're running away from the shame and the guilt. But we can face it. And it's not going to overwhelm us because we know that Christ has paid that debt in full. And he promises, he promises to send us the Holy Spirit to continue to make us better. Right. And we're renewed and restored. And so I, I really find a lot of hope in the Christian understanding of forgiveness because it wrestles with the depth of evil, even in our own hearts. Right. But we're not consumed and overwhelmed by it. We're, we're, we truly have the opportunity to live a life of hope and reconciliation. We're not overwhelmed by it. We're not running from it. We can face it and take a new step into a new mm-hmm. day for a new life and reconciliation. Yeah. And, all that. And, and we could go on and on and talk about forgiveness and, and how important that is. Um, so again, if, if you have other questions, we're glad to answer them. Uh, when you're talking about shame and guilt that we carry with unforgiveness, I, I do remember the words of an old hymn. You, you do you know hymns? Yeah, uh, that, I was raised in the Lutheran okay. church. We were so, hymn people. You know, <laughs> on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Mm-hmm. It's shame and reproach gladly bear. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. something the churches believed, whether it's in the creed or in our hymnal, hymnology. You know, that's things we believe. Friends, thank you for tuning in. Whether you're watching this live or watching this later, thank you so much. I hope you truly have pause to be with family and friends and, and give thanks to God for uh, the blessings in your life. On not We want to do that every day, but especially this Thursday as you're gathered together to celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, we do have two services, 9 o'clock and 1030 this week. Uh, 
And then we're going to move into Advent and a glorious season. So thank you for being here today. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving.